90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City, Community Radio. Streaming online at www.kkfi.org. The views and opinions of this program are those of its host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 90.1 FM, KKFI, Midcoast Radio Project, or its staff and volunteers. Mad story, sad story now. Still waiting for the truth to be told now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It won't be long now. now. Won't be long. Heard the news, heard your rivers all run dry. And on TV, I see signs in your sky word is out loud whispering going on boy angels turn mercenaries coming in thousands from Oh, it won't be long, long. 
You're tuned to 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. This is Urban Connections. I'm your host, Donna Morrow-Wolf. You've heard our guests in studio here today. We call them Middle Eastern Motion. Uh, they are part of the traditional music society's celebration coming up on May 6th. Uh, traditional Music Society um, exposes the Kansas City area to music and dance from indigenous cultures all over the world. We have its founder and artistic director, Bird Ellington Fleming, in studio with us. Hello, Bird. Hi there, Donna. Welcome back to Urban Connections and Thank KKFI. You. Now, the members of the Middle Eastern Motion Group in attendance today are Nick Amir Baker, playing the Middle Eastern Reek drum. We also have Wissam Siraji, playing the Middle Eastern string instrument known as the oud. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Correct. Correct, okay. And uh, let me turn your mic on. Yeah, and also in the studio, uh, playing the Middle Eastern, um, playing the violin, is uh, Amory Boltoff. Did I pronounce your name correctly, Amory? That's a great pronunciation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the dancer is with us today, Kimberly Guanciale. Guanciale. Did I pronounce your name halfway correct? Guanciale. Guanciale. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, thank you all for being here today. And uh, please. Tell us, our listeners, first of all, a little bit about uh, what they were listening to uh, when, when we came on today. Yes, uh, this particular group is one of our newer ensembles within the traditional music societies, but they own excellent musicians and dancers in their own right. So it wasn't a lot of preparation that needed to be done except for getting a repertoire together. Mm -hmm. And they are part of our annual uh, World Music and Dance Showcase, which you give every year. And uh, we've assembled a few other groups as well. They will be performing their first debut presentation. And they'll be a part of the showcase along with Bo Bledsoe's group, Iberia. And we'll have Sounds of Africa, our in-house band that performs every year. And uh, we'll also have presentations by our various uh, percussion and dance ensembles, ensembles. We will have a presentation by my little youngsters, my kids, all age six and seven, they'll be doing African drumming as their presentation. Mm -hmm. We'll have a selection by, two selections by my Afro-Cuban class. They'll be doing two selections from Cuba. Cool. And we'll have um, a couple of selections from my adult African drumming class. They'll be presenting also. And then we'll have a uh, shaker race selection that's being directed by Baba uh, Ibo Falai, from, and he's going to do a West African Shekere selection. Now, yeah, I want you to explain that. And we've got to explain Shekere. Baba. Baba. And Shekere. And, and Shekere. Baba Falai Ibo, he's an excellent artist from uh, Detroit. Mm -hmm. And the Shekere is a beaded gourd from Nigeria that's made its way to Brazil and Cuba. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of uh, uh, inverted uh, maraca. So mm. rather than the, than the material on the inside, it's on the outside. Okay. Bees on the outside. It's a huge calabash or dried gourd. Okay. It's like a drum mm -hmm. with rattles on the outside. Mm -hmm. 
it's a definite, very defined technique, and it's a great musical instrument that's known all over the world, and we're going to do an ensemble of six shaker rays going on at one time. Wow. Then after that, we're going to have a presentation by our West African dance class uh, conducted by Miss Vanessa Gibbs. She's one of the founding members of Traditional Music Society. You know her very well I know from back Vanessa in the from day. Way back in the day, yes. <laughs> and then we have a little break. It's a fundraiser, so we're going to collect money, bring your checkbooks and your credit cards. <laughs> and then after that, we're going to feature our group here, Middle Eastern Motion, and end with Bo Bledsoe's group, Iberia. Now, first of all, let me say that Traditional Music Society is a not-for-profit 501c3 organization, yes. which means it's a charitable organization. Yes, that means we've got... And it's a not-for-profit arts and education True. organization. Right. Yes, indeed okay. it is. Okay, and yes. you are dedicated to serving the Kansas City community through the exposure and teaching of music and dance from indigenous world cultures. Bird, what is the value of teaching and exposing well, music and dance from indigenous well, world we, cultures? You know, I think that music and dance is a very great way to communicate to others because where politics and economics and all that kind of fail with communicating with people together around the world, mm -hmm. music will do that and dance. Yes, it's it will. always will. So we, in that respect, we would like to uh, continue on with this uh, focus mm -hmm. and objective in the Kansas City area and also uh, have an educational foundation for those in the urban core in particular and everywhere that don't get a chance to hear world music. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, whenever they cut the budget for schools, music is the first thing to go. And for the most cases, they won't even have world music or African or Cuban or Brazilian music or Mexican music at all. It seems it, like those terms even are getting erased. Yes, yes. So days. we want to uh, kind of make sure that there is an outlet, there is a, a resource for that. So we are, so a lot of our efforts are in the schools and community centers and okay. the universities. Mm -hmm. So not only do we do perform performances there, but we do a lot of uh, seminars, workshops, ongoing classes, and artists and residencies. We just did one at uh, Genesis Academy. Mm -hmm. uh, that was our longest-running artist-in-residency program for 22 years. Wow. That means that we were there two, three days a week for the entire school year teaching African drumming and dancing. Okay. So we feel that it's not enough just to be exposed, but to have an ongoing connection to the culture, mm -hmm. just like math and science, yeah. history. Yeah. And you build on it just like math and science and, and history. Right. And, and uh, it, it's, it's enriching at every level. That right, you, and it that also addresses, and particularly in kids, it addresses a lot of skills that they need to really uh, work on. Such as? Listening skills, okay. cognitive skills, mm -hmm. Interpersonal skills, intrapersonal skills, you know, uh, addressing delinquent behavior mm -hmm. and self-esteem, all those good things that make you, give you good character, yeah, you know, which we need. And the strong can, bodies. Yeah, yeah. The arts can do that. Yeah, okay. All righty. I believe mm -hmm. it because, I mean, even in this short little piece that you played coming in, I was, you know. Moving rocking. around. I, I was saw rocking. You. I you saw know? you. I saw you over there moving. Wait till we see Kimberly move. I know. Yep. Hey, uh, turn your radio on. Turn your radio louder on so you, <laughs> so can, you can see uh, Kimberly. <laughs> hear Kimberly. Kimberly, can you come forward to the microphone? 
uh, please. You're a little yeah, far sure. back there. Yeah, uh, Kimberly, I want you to talk about uh, your dance, um, uh, just just the nature and structure structure of the dance you do, how it fits into the world diaspora, and I call it the world diaspora because everybody is everywhere yes, uh, these sure. days for various and sundry reasons. So I want to uh, talk about the kind of dance that uh, you do, Kimberly Guanciale. Um, yeah, so I do Middle Eastern dance. Um, a lot of people know this as belly dance. The style I'm most familiar with is Egyptian style, but as some people know, some people don't. You know, it comes from Greece, Turkey, North Africa, um, you know, a lot of Lebanon. So a lot of areas around, you know, that area do this style of dance, um, and it really ties in with the music beautifully. So I'm excited to work with these musicians. And in terms of, you know, music and dance diaspora, it really, in like the 30s, 40s, and 50s in Egypt is really the style of belly dance or Middle Eastern dance you see now. They had um, like a booming cinema, and so it really got put into movies and onto stage, and people were learning salsa and ballet. There was just a lot of interchange of different styles. Mm-hmm. So you'll see a little salsa in belly dance. Mm-hmm. You'll see a little of that ballet or even jazz. Um, I think it's beautiful. But then you still have those folklore foot patterns that really come from the Middle East or the stylization with the arms or the the way you move your hips really go in with the costume because you're trying to move the beating on your costume to the rhythm of the music. Um, so to, make, just, to make sounds um, with the beating? To make or? them just move to the music. Okay. Yeah. So like in ballet, you know, yeah. there's first through fifth position and there's arm positions and there's pirouettes and you know releves and plies and all that stuff oh i love it (laughs) so what is it what is it in are those are are those kinds of principles or foundational moves in the type of dance that that you're focused on not so much people will use the term that ballet terminology Mm -hmm. um it's kind of dancer's preference or teacher's preference they'll use the terminology like plie or things like that um Mm -hmm. it's more the it had like a stylistic influence like the way you hold your body like a more a stronger posture or bigger arms wider you know in ballet you really have your arms out Mm -hmm. um or definitely like they steal some moves like the arabesque Mm-hmm. That that's big in Middle Eastern dance, and they do it a little different, but they kind of stole that from ballet. It's stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Alrighty. And how long have you been studying this this time of dance? Fourteen years. Fourteen years. Yeah. Okay. Good. We, we stole her from we stole her from the East Coast. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, she landed here. Okay. Yeah. Who can say you stole me? I'm glad you stole me. <laughs> Where are you from, Kimberly? Uh, I'm from upstate New York. So I moved here about a year and a half ago, and. I found Bird pretty quickly after moving here because I was trying to find, I tried to study the Middle Eastern drum. It's helpful to know the rhythms, to know how to dance, and mm-hmm. so I was really lucky yeah, to find it. Yeah, that's how I started. Yeah. We did a Middle Eastern drumming class through TMS. Yeah. Oh, okay. And she suggested that, and okay. I called in Alaudine Ottinger, okay. who's a great Middle Eastern yeah. drummer, uh-huh. and then he told me about Nick. Who's, he said Nick is better. Okay. And then Nick said that a model who's not here was better than him. So okay. I said we got a model as well. Okay. So we got all the heavyweights. So <laughs> we're very fortunate. Yeah. yeah. It just sort of built organically. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. One thing led to another. One thing. And I didn't know Kimberly dance, Middle Eastern dance. So she said, 
Bert, can I uh, dance at the uh, showcase? I said, what kind of dance? <laughs> <laughs> and so she, I said, well, sure. And then I, my wheels started spinning. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got Alaudine teaching a drum class. She can dance. Uh, let me check her. Let me check her Facebook page out and mm-hmm. the YouTube clips. Girl can dance. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. And then, um, then she started teaching a dance class okay. at, through TMS Studios. Uh, I mean, dance, and it's pretty popular, you know. And one thing led to another. And after the drumming class happened, the dance class was going on, and voila. And we began to, Sam, well, Sam took the, the drumming class. Mm-hmm. And Nick t- came in at the last showcase with Wasam okay. and Kimberly, and we did our, well, that was the debut kind of. Okay. But this is the real deal because okay. we got the heavyweight drummers and musicians. You know, okay, and, 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 and this is, go ahead. Yeah, and these guys know each other. Amory knows Nick. Nick knows Amory. Amory knows Wasam. So, How many countries do we have represented in, in this room with the music that's, that you bring in? Well, in this particular room, we're we covering uh, the Egypt, Mm-hmm. and uh, North Africa, mm-hmm. and the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wassam is from Iraq, am I correct? Yes. So he's our native in residence, okay. <laughs> in that respect. Okay. <laughs> Certainly is really, really uh, cool, Wassam. And you've got this beautiful, beautiful uh, instrument that we were talking about when we were out in the um, green room. It's called an oud, is that correct? That's correct, yeah. Spelled we- O-U-D. It's spelled a different way because um, in Arabic, the, the first letter is very hard to pronounce in other languages. Okay. We call it Oud, so Ayn. So, uh, so this, this pronunciation is very unique and you cannot pronounce it from, with the other languages. Say it again, say it again. Oud. Oud. Wow. Oud. So uh, this instrument is, uh, we don't know how old it is, but for sure, like it's, thousand years ago like mm-hmm. a, we, we know about the uh, we think it's from the Sumerian from between in the Mesopotamia mm-hmm. where, where I'm from mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, real evidence about this instrument we we found a, a kind of a blueprint scheme mm-hmm. with dimensions and how many strings on it uh, on uh, written on the paper and that's a paper um, on the Berlin in Germany uh, museum. Okay. And uh, age of that uh, paper around like 1,200 years old. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the kind of evidence talk uh, physically about this instrument. How big supposed to be? How many instruments should have? Well, it certainly is uh, beautiful. It's like a. Uh, here, here goes my description of it. It's like <laughs> a. Yeah. It's it's, it's, it's guitar like in that it has strings and a neck. And it has sound holes in it that Wasim told me it are called moons, and they have beautiful carving in these sound holes. It's made out of beautiful wood. It's a round, fat body like you if you would slice a watermelon in half. Oh, good description. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a good description. Yeah. I like that. And uh, can you do a little sample just so sure. we can hear that instrument? Those strings double and how many?
I'm so each see. each okay. two each string like these double strings mm -hmm. um, start from uh, uh, C to C like C L I don't know I, I, in uh, in Arabic language we say like uh, do re mi fa so like we don't okay. say A B C so okay gotcha yeah so we start with do then uh, la fa la uh, re sol do okay uh, each uh, pair of strings. They have the same uh, frequency, so oh. they tune up together. Mm -hmm. But the difference be when when you hit it from the top, oh. it's different when you hit it from the bottom. Mm -hmm. like. Wow! Mm -hmm. And so, so this this is the this is the test you get from this instrument. You cannot get it from anywhere else. Like. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And that vibrato you were doing was like you jiggling this. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So this is such a very uh, uh, unique instrument, and it's I believe it represents the uh, the identity and culture of of Middle East. There is three schools of oud and Middle East. Like there is kind of their own test and their 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 way to play this instrument. Mm -hmm. It's in, it's Iraq and Egypt and Turkey. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so each one has different way to play on this on this instrument on oud, um, and I believe this is. Uh, uh, if I I was looking for something. How can we represent ourselves again mm -hmm. um, to people, uh, especially like uh, here and uh, everybody has like really uh, hard image mm -hmm. about where about Iraq about Syria. Mm -hmm. Uh, especially after like decades of wars, mm -hmm. um, and uh, I thought like I need I need to be bring something beautiful, something mm -hmm. people can enjoy it and like it, and and mm -hmm. uh, and, and music. I believe music is a language, mm -hmm. so I can't to talk to everybody via music to represent uh, where I'm from mm -hmm. and how much uh, the culture is rich. Uh, with uh, with the beauty, and right. uh, and I hope uh, this message will uh, right. reach everybody. Because we're going beyond the politics, which mm -hmm. gave us war. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. We cannot we cannot separate that. Yeah. I think we live with uh, uh, we live be between all that. Like we, we are survivors. Yeah, we are but, working. I, but I think the balance is to let people know about the music of your of your culture. Uh, of yeah. course, and that's yeah, I think we, I think yeah. that's what represent uh, any nationality. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm obsessed with the, uh, Latin music. Mm -hmm. Oh, tell me about. It. Did you ever see this guy do salsa dance? He's no. one of my, my, yeah. one, of, one, of my uh, one of my students. He's my a salsa, star yeah. salsa student. I have a good teacher. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I I think uh, when, whenever ask me about like. Do you speak Spanish? I say, no, I speak salsa. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, well, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, he moves like a brother. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, certainly, again, and, you know, one of my favorite artists, actually the guy who, um, whose theme song I, who I use as my theme song, Barris Hammond, has this album called Music is Life and a song called Music is Life. Mm -hmm. And it, it is because it just sort of flows the thread of humanity through every every mm -hmm. culture. So yeah. when you get to know a person's music, you get to know their mm -hmm. culture, their humanity, and the thing that makes makes us all the same. 
pretty much. Yeah. Exactly. That's me on my soapbox. Uh, also, we have in the studio uh, Nick Baker, Nick Amir Baker, playing the Middle Eastern Reek, R-I-Q, uh, drum. Come on, so I can mess with you, Nick, about your, about your drum. Uh, tell us about it, a little bit about the history of it, the nature and structure of what you do on sure. that instrument. Sure, thank you. Yeah, this drum, it looks like what we would think of as a tambourine. It does So it's indeed. a small drum with a skin and two rows of jingles. Mm -hmm. um, but you play it a little bit differently than a tambourine. So you would play this uh, facing out and with your fingers. So oh. there's a lot of finger work um, and a lot of different sounds that you can get out of it. Okay. It's also possible to play the jingles, too. There are kind of two schools of of playing the rick one is kind of a, a softer style and one is a more um uh, upbeat festive style would you demonstrate please sure you know i love to put people on the spot <laughs> when they get on the, in the studio and the most beautiful things uh come out of that yeah. please Sound like it's a whole band. Of, it did. <laughs> like Central High School marching. <laughs> exactly. Marching Tigers or somebody. That was really, really cool. Thank yeah. you so much. How yeah. long have you been studying uh, your instrument, the Rick? Oh, I've been playing the Rick for a few years now. I can't even <laughs> count. But um, yeah. I also have with me uh, a Darbuka. It's beautiful. And this is uh, kind of the quintessential belly dance instrument. Mm -hmm. So anytime there's dance, there's always a, a Darbuka. Uh, some people call it a Dumbek. Okay. Uh, but the more international term is darbuka. Now, how, darbuka. Would, you, how would you describe? Uh, it's a goblet-shaped drum, yes. similar to a djembe. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty high-pitched. Okay. Um, it also has a, a lower, deeper sound and, and a higher-pitched sound. Uh, but again, there are a lot of different sounds that you can get out of it. And um, it's beautifully uh, decorated. Yeah, and this is kind of an Egyptian-style Darbuka is that mother of pearl? It is, yeah, mother of pearl wow. inlay. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Can you hit, hit it, hit it, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> Nick is being kind of modest. Is he being modest? Well, you know, the guy plays a lot of instruments. Okay. And a lot of styles of music he's involved in because he plays Afro-Cuban music and uh, plays set drums, right? And uh, he's now working on your doctoral degree at UMKC. Okay. So he plays... Uh, he's plays in like, music? Yeah. Yeah. What kind it, of music? Music. What kind of music is your, what is your doctorate degree? Like? Uh, my doctorate's in uh, percussion performance Okay. Uh, at UMKC, the Conservatory of Music. Okay. Uh, so I do a lot there of art music, uh, what we think of classical music. Um, but most music that's written for percussion is 20th century and 21st century music. Uh, so you might think of as kind of avant-garde 
music. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah. I've always been uh, curious. Yeah, I'm, I'm so curious about music and the world and uh, religion and philosophy and, um, you know, I, like kind of piggybacking on the conversation, you know, music is a way to connect people because when we hear music from other cultures, we realize how much we have in common, mm -hmm. yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what I always look for in, in any music that I hear is, uh, you know, what are the commonalities? And um, I think that's such a beautiful thing to like find that wherever you go, it's like there's always something that you can find in common. Okay. Right, like the food. Like the That's food. right. <laughs> yeah. Music Everybody is like eats. food. It is. And yeah. his music. Um, and uh, he also he's played these two, and I, I, I think uh, timpani. Oh, That's right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, vibraphone, marimbas. All right. And this is, and I looked on his on his bio one time. I saw him playing the accordion. Really? Okay. You do a little zydeco from time. <laughs> uh, so, cumbia. Cumbia. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he's 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 he's, he's in a, in a uh, in all the percussion uh, soup of oh, gumbo okay. in that respect. Yeah. So I'm glad to have him aboard here. Very very cool. Yeah. Thank well, you, Bird. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. Um, we're gonna have to take a break. We're gonna come back. We'll talk to Nick. Um, not, not Nick. We will talk to. Um, uh, Amory, who's playing the violin, when we come back, get his take on the violin, and we'll talk to Bird and everybody else some more Good. about what's coming up on May 6th from the Traditional Music Society. It's the annual uh, World World Music and Dance Showcase right taking place May 6th at St. Mark's Hope and Peace Church, 3800 Troost Avenue in Kansas City. 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Website, traditionalmusicsociety.org. Stay with us. We'll be back after these messages. Bantu Nuts Radio brings you the best music from around the world with a focus on the music from Africa and the African diaspora. Join us every Friday for global music like this. Baby, calm down, calm down. Yo, this your body, put it. Or this. And this. So tune in to Bentonas Radio every Friday starting at 2 a.m. right here on KKFI 90.1 FM. You can also listen to the show anytime on KKFI Archives at kkfi.org. KKFI is now posting new content every day to our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So be sure to like and follow your community radio station on social media at KKFI 901 FM. And thanks for supporting this station since 1988. 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. This is Urban Connections. I'm your host, Donna Wolf. Our co-host, Karen E. Griffin, has gone to a ball this evening and will be joining us again next week. Uh, week she promises to send pictures since i didn't get to see her in her ball gown so uh karen have fun on your day off um in the studio with us today our guest uh, bird fleming bird ellington fleming who is the founder and uh artistic director of the, the organization uh traditional music society um that exists uh, to um, serve the Kansas City community through exposure and teaching of music and dance 
from Indigenous World Culture is celebrating its 25th anniversary, and we'll talk about that too. But uh, I'd like to talk to another one of the uh, musicians that uh, Bird brought with us, uh, brought to us here today, who is playing the violin. His name is Amory Botoff. Hi, Amory. Let me turn on your Thanks mic, so Amory. Yes. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here. Of and uh, talk to us about your violin and how it all fits in with this Middle Eastern uh, music yeah. theme. That's a, that's a great question. There's the Middle Eastern music, and when we say that, we break it out into Turkish, Persian, and Arabic in particular, which all have very, very unique styles. If you put them side by side, maybe you don't see it right away, but when you soak in the music, you start to identify really distinct uh, characteristics. So in this context, we're playing Arabic music specifically. Um, and not every instrument can really do that. You need to, you need to have an, uh, an instrument that can play uh, in between the cracks of the piano, so to speak. Mm. So the, the oud we were talking about earlier has no frets. Mm-hmm. And so similarly, I the, this, yeah, the string family, uh, violin, viola, cello, bass, can also do this because they don't have frets. Okay. Um, so there's a, there's a modal system that's not super scientific, but it is very unique, and it's part of that cultural flavor, uh, the food of the music, if you will. Um, so you need a fretless instrument to really do that. So you have to feel, you have to get a feel for for what's uh, for what's going on? Yeah, there's there's a lot of listening, and I think that you know we were chatting prior to coming on air about you know this is written music, so we have some kind of a notation reference, but there's always some characteristic you can't find on the page. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a teacher, you have to listen, you have to kind of endeavor to say what kind of ornaments fit, or uh, maybe this note looks like it's written this way, but it sounds a little different. So the page doesn't tell you how it sounds like. Mm, so you got to so. feel the vibe and, and do it mm-hmm. um, that way. How long have you been playing the violin? And how uh, you, yeah, A long time. Yeah, I think it started when I was 10, so <coughs> 30, really? 30 years. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and and I, I kind of found in, in a nutshell, you know, growing up playing in schools and playing Western music and uh, going to college for music as well, but then I met some Bulgarians, and we're talking about culture, we're talking about crossover. So instead of learning American fiddle music, like bluegrass, I inst- listened to this Bulgarian music and instantly was like, this is way cooler. <laughs> this is so much more fun, mm-hmm. and, uh, and kind of fell in love, and then went just down a rabbit hole of research <laughs> for many years. No okay. so, Yeah. Music sort of grabs, grabs you mm-hmm. and, and uh, guides you. Yeah, and uh, Amor also plays uh, Dumbek and Middle Eastern drums. Okay. And he he did a little oud playing too. Mm-hmm. When I when these two guys played double oud at the last show. Double oud. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we had Amado came in and, and uh, did a little uh, little insight as to instrumentation, what was necessary to put this whole idea together. And he says he suggested he said, "Hey, Emily plays the violin. We need that." <laughs> so let him play the violin along with the other instruments. So it's it's, it's kind of a that's the uh, instrumentation we need for this style of, uh, of music and dance. And uh, and so I'm glad to uh, have have been able to uh, get these people who are actually adding authenticity to the style itself because uh, all these things have their their rules and regulations and authenticities, you know, as we all know, you know, mm-hmm. so it's good to have uh, a model who's not here today. And also we have another member who's not here, mm-hmm. Alaudi and Ottinger. Okay. 
who plays the uh, Dumbek, or what's the name of the big drum he's playing? Dola. Dola, which is another Middle Eastern instrument, Donna, that uh, okay. that we won't hear today, but uh, it's part of uh, part of the ensemble as well. So you guys gonna play another tune live on the radio yeah. for us here today? Yeah, and then we're gonna listen to a couple other ensembles okay. eventually who are gonna be a part of the showcase okay. at some point. And Kimberly's gonna dance some more. I can't yeah. see you, Kimberly. Oh, you dance. She dance. She stands up in a minute. Here, you oh, see okay. That. Okay. Um, so yeah, talk about uh, what we're gonna hear now, played live. That's there. Okay. <laughs> Jurisdiction. Okay. You guys? Uh, yeah, this is, uh, <clears throat> and all of this music really comes from what Kimberly was talking about, which is in that, that Egyptian realm. And I'll, uh, Sam, you can fill in any gaps here, but uh, the famous, famous uh, singer Um Kothum is sort of notorious for performing this. Uh, the composer is Muhammad al-Wahhab. And what we realized is that this song is probably, that we're playing a short excerpt mm -hmm. of like a 35-minute epic. This would be like a, a symphony composition with different parts and different mm. meanings and different lyrics. Okay. And and this is the sort of the most the, the A side of this really long composition. But uh, Muhammad Abdul Wahab is really the, the Beethoven, the legend of uh, Middle Eastern music. Yeah, Muhammad Abdul Wahab is uh, one of the uh, the greatest uh, uh, musician. Uh, he's uh, like started like his uh, journey like in uh, early 1930s, and uh, he's, uh, uh, we call him the revolutionary. He, he changed the music. Okay. He brought all the new uh, Western instrument and mixed them with the uh, traditional old uh, okay. Egyptian Arabic music. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he, gave, uh, he gave us totally different, different flavor for okay. our music, and he made it more popular. Uh, and this uh, sheet is uh, one of his uh, uh, songs he wrote for uh, Um Kulthum, the, the greatest singer on, in Middle East. It's something like uh, Celia Cruz for, okay. for Latin mm -hmm. okay. music. Uh, and the name of the song is Elif Leila uh, 1000 Night and Night. And this is the name of the uh, old story, uh, historical story. So he wrote that. Uh, he, he got that name from that old traditional story. Okay. Yeah. Elif Lelo Leila. Yeah, Elif you're going to play, the, play the, the whole piece, right? Well, not the 36 minutes, oh, but no. just, <laughs> just the whole piece. Six, well, yeah, the whole yeah. piece. Yeah. Well, just go. Yeah, right. go. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Mm -hmm. uh, this is Middle Eastern Motion, only at 90.1 FM KKFI. <laughs>
Bravo. Thank you guys so much. That is live music here on KKFI Middle Eastern Motion. Uh, in our studio today, Nick Amir Baker on the Middle Eastern Reek drum. I heard him doing the bass rhythm on, on that track. Uh, song on that. Uh, we have Wissam Suraji playing the Middle Eastern string instrument called the Oud. We had Amory uh, Butthoff, Butthoff playing violin and Kimberly Guanciale dancing <laughs> <laughs> in KKFI. I saw, you da- I saw you over there, Donna. You saw me rocking? Yes. Rockin'. Uh, Kimberly, you got this hula hoop kind of motion. You must be a champion hula hooper. I'm just... <laughs> That's what I imagine from from your motion, from your movement. Actually, you would think that. No? Similar (laughs) motion, but I can't keep the hula hoop up. I don't know why. (laughs) I'm Uh, doing the right motion. I hear you. It sure does look like I'm convinced. Uh, If there's imaginary hula hoop, you had it aloft the whole time. (laughs) We got to take a quick, quick break, and then we'll come back uh, with our guest in studio to hear from. Uh, traditional music society bird Fleming and that 25th anniversary of giving this gift of music and dance uh, to the world and I personally thank you for that uh, bird Fleming stay tuned everybody we'll be back after these messages hey it's Junebug it's that time again for the Blues Kitchen Live This year's event benefits the Center for Recorded Music and KKFI. Be part of the live audience at UMKC Student Union, Saturday, April 29th at 8 a.m. for breakfast and barbecue. We'll be playing the blues and talking some cue. Thanks go out to BB's Lawnside Barbecue for their help. Don't forget, get your tickets from centerforrecordedmusic.org, centerforrecordedmusic.org, and come hungry. I'm talking about more, more clean The future is here. Put your smart speaker to good use by saying, play KKFI. That's all you have to do to get the news, views, and music you love. KKFI, wherever you are. Ninety point one FM, KKFI. Kansas City Community Radio Urban Connections is the program. I'm your host, Donna Wolf guests in studio today uh, are performing at the 25th anniversary celebration of the Traditional Music Society and they're doing their annual uh, World of Music and Dance showcase coming up on May 6th 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. at St. Mark's Hope and Peach Peace Church that's Hope and Peace Church uh, the website is traditionalmusicsociety.org. Is there a number folks can call for more information? Yes, area, area code 816-561-1849. Okay. And our operators are already waiting. <laughs> operators are waiting. You got your cell phone in your hand? Yeah. That too. <laughs> <laughs> to take your call. Yeah. Um, Bird, you know, this is a, this is a serious mission uh, that you've been on. Yeah, I've been for a while. You know that very well. I, f- I know. You guys didn't know Donnie used to, was in my first African dance group. Yes, I was, and uh, that's when I felt like I could fly. <laughs> I, c- I used to be able to fly. Yeah, uh, was, to those drums. We, we got a lot of history together. Mm-hmm. So, talk about why? Why are you doing this? Why do you do this, Bird? Well, 
I don't want to go to Taco Bell and get a job. Okay. <laughs> this is so much more fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's been my mission, and I was just reading a book about the evolution of the djembe drum, mm -hmm. and it's a new publication that's out, and it's not just about the djembe drum, but it's about all the African Americans who paved the way for the djembe drum, which is a revolution now. But back in the 30s, there were people who came from Africa to New York, mm -hmm. and also we had our own pioneer, which was Catherine Dunham. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, these people were uh, actually started this movement about African-American expression and tying it in with their African ancestry. Mm -hmm. So, and a lot of, in, in this particular book, there's interviews of a lot of the people who predated me in New York and around the world who did the same stuff I'm doing here. This is not new. Uh, this, this is before Bird Fleming. Mm -hmm. In New York at one time, you had an array of African-Americans before the Africans came over because, as you well know, at one point in the 70s, Actually, the early 60s, all the African nations got their independence. The Ghana was first. Then it was Mali. Then it was Senegal. Then it was Guinea. They formed these companies to travel the world to show everybody their culture, mm -hmm. you know. And through that, they were able to travel. So as African-American drummers and musicians, we saw the first African, Af African ballet in New York called uh, Le Ballet Africain. They played at... Uh, the Apollo Theater in 1959. Mm -hmm. 32 people on stage drumming and dancing, okay? And then they came back at the New York World's Fair in 64, and they were on Broadway for a whole half, of six months. And then there was some deal with their passports that didn't work out, so they got, uh, they, they stayed, had to stay here for another year. And every African-American dancing drummer in New York started taking lessons. And then it was on after that. Okay. <laughs> so, and these people in this book, it was all interviews, were my, uh, my uh, can I say, uh, idols or mm -hmm. my teachers in a lot of respects. So between New York and Philadelphia, this African-American drumming tradition was really budding at a time to the point where they, African-Americans, formed their own African drumming and dancing groups. Okay. And a lot of the Africans were so amazed at the way it took to it they wanted, to, they wanted to take some of the African-American ladies back to Africa to dance with their troops back Oh, my there. gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, and they, are, they were amazed at it, but I'm not surprised, you know, because no. this is our culture just as well as theirs. I had a teacher, my first teacher, Simbo, from Philadelphia, and he was an amazing drummer. And he was, te he was learning from some Africans and he was so uh, precocious with rhythms, he could just suck it up like a sponge. Mm -hmm. So the story goes, he was learning from some Ghanaian guys of, with Pan Logo. You know Pan Logo, Nick? He was learning Pan Logo from the Ade brothers. You know the Ade brothers? <laughs> yes. And one time they told Simbo in a session, he said, Simbo, you can't learn all this in one day. He said, why can't I? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so they had, so it surprises them, but it doesn't surprise me. So Simba always said, don't you ever let the Africans or the Cubans or the Brazilians think that that's not your music. Mm -hmm. You know, I got a kid now, right? DJ, you know DJ? Mm -hmm. You know DJ, he's from Kansas City, Kansas. Yeah, I, will, I know. Great djembe drummer. I yeah. will put him up any Africa, any day, mm -hmm. any day. And so that is in our genes, you know? So it never left us, you know, in that respect. But to be able to put this in a, not only in a West African expression, but also the diaspora, mm -hmm. Donna, because the West African diaspora is not only in Brazil, in 
Middle and uh, in Central America or Cuba or Puerto Rico, it's in Spain mm-hmm. and it's in the Middle East. Yes. You know, we right. call we call we call our Middle Eastern brothers uh, uh, the uh, uh, we we call them the the uh, Asiatic black man. Okay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if you understand the out of Africa theory, okay, you'd understand that the music spread with the with the, uh, uh, the migration of the first African tribe around the world, okay, 70,000 years ago, okay? Bird, we need another hour, but we only got about four minutes left. Oh, we have we four? Need, we okay, have four so I got to wrap my story up? Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's my story. <laughs> so, so and I, I was telling the ensemble members the other day, I said, you know, when I see Kimberly dancing, you know, and it reminds me of my research about Middle Eastern dancing. Mm-hmm. It was done uh, for, with women who were getting ready to have childbirth. So all those, it was utilitarian. It was practical, mm-hmm. you know? And if that's any kind of parallels to all that African, West African dances I've been involved with for women who are getting ready to do, to facilitate, facilitate easy childbirth, all the mood, the underlating, and da, da. Mm-hmm. so that's African. So I keep saying, don't forget now, Egypt is an African geographic, geographically. Mm-hmm. So don't you let them tell you anything different. So I could call it Egyptian dance and we'd be fine. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, Donna, yes. we try to explore the diaspora through the traditional music society with education and exposure and and pre- presentations like this on the sixth. Okay. Again, traditional music society uh, dot o r g is where you can find uh, more information and give that phone number one oh, more time. Oh, area code eight one six five six one one eight four nine. Let me see if I can get a little bit of in, in here by uh, uh, Bo Bledsoe. Yeah, Bo would be our headliner. So she's got a little recording. Okay, let's see if I get that to uh, come up here. There it goes. Talk a little bit about Bo as he comes on here with this. Do you guys know Bo? I'm talking to the listening audience. Oh, okay. I can't hear you. Come on. You know Bo. <laughs> He's an excellent guitar player. Am I correct? You guys can do yeah. And he also plays the oud, right? Uh-huh. And he plays uh Chirango? Does he play Chirango? Uh, but I know. But he's got a group called Iberia. And they play music from Spain, folk music from Spain. And uh, from the Andalusia area. You know Andalusia? Andalusia is where most of the Moors and the Babers mixed with the Spanish culture and the, and the European culture and the, uh, the Romans and the Celts. And for 400 years, everybody was drumming and dancing and singing together. They don't tell you about that era of Spain. They don't, tell, they don't like that. You know? So Bo has researched that kind of music, and he plays that. And he also plays music from um, uh, Argentina. He's going to play some Argentine tango as well as some, some Spanish songs. And I think uh, the violin player, do you know her? The lady, what's her name? I forgot her name. May 6th, coming up. May, May 6th, 6th is coming up. Bo Bledsoe. Bo Bledsoe. Can we hear him or maybe not? That's him. We're hearing him. Oh, maybe we, that's because you don't have your headphones on, on bird.